I meet a lot of people who are on LinkedIn, but they have no idea how to use it for their business. Often it's quite daunting to post content, so they just participate on there, which, by the way, is excellent. But they want to optimise how they use the platform. They just don't know how. And I specifically meet tutors who feel quite lost on there because we should be using social media to increase sales. Well, that doesn't always have to be direct sales. And in this episode, I'll be sharing some ways you might want to use LinkedIn alongside tips to make it valuable in your marketing toolkit. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. A while back, I talked about how social media is changing, specifically how we use social media for our business, and we have to adapt. Here's how we traditionally use it. We focus on posting high quality content, which we try and do consistently, with the possible addition of engaging with other people's content, and that's about it. But the problem with only doing that is that we're relying on people coming to us, Something we need to add to the mix is shifting that dynamic by us going out to people. And that was the core of what I was talking about in that episode about social media changing. We need to build relationships. I'm starting with this one because LinkedIn is quite specifically a professional networking site. So it's one of the perfect places to build relationships. And as I'll talk about, it's designed to help us make the most out of doing just that. So how do we achieve this? Well, we have to start with a quick target audience exercise, but this will be a bit different to what you may think. We should all be in a position of knowing who our target audience is. This is the people who we want to hire us. But if you're a private tutor or someone who's unlikely to attract those clients through LinkedIn, you'll need to do a slightly different exercise and I'll come on to that in just a minute. I'm going to use tuition as an example, but you can apply these principles to whichever type of education business you are. Let's say your target audience are international clients or ultra high net worth clients. That steers who you need to be connecting to on LinkedIn. For instance, you might want to connect to and attract agents who provide a gateway to international students, or you might want to connect to and attract people who specifically represent ultra high net worth families. So that's the first thing. You want to be intentional about who you connect with and even if you spend a couple of minutes a day performing some searches and sending connection requests, you'll see this build really fast. But if you don't fit into either of those categories, like I don't as a tutor, you need to shift this slightly. You might be able to post content about your tuition services and you might attract people to them because although people are on LinkedIn as professionals, Many of them might be parents. But you'll notice there are a lot of mights in those statements. Ideally, we want to swap might with will. We want to be more certain of the results we will get from LinkedIn. And this is where relationships come in. If I were using LinkedIn as the kind of tutor I am, I know that while attracting clients would be few and far between, it would be a lot easier and more natural to connect with educators. 
So I would be focusing on building relationships with people who operate in my niche, maybe tutors who teach my subject, other subjects, and even people who work with my target audience but aren't necessarily tutors. Because these relationships may lead to collaboration opportunities, or perhaps those tutors could recommend me when they come across a student they can't say yes to, or who I'd be better suited to, and I can reciprocate. Now this is valuable because generating leads through referrals is always going to speed up that trust factor. We're more likely to hire someone or buy something that has been recommended to us over something we've just come across on social media. Don't get me wrong, this doesn't diminish the value of posting high quality content. That's still needed because it attracts people to you. It gives people an insight into whether you're someone they want to build a relationship with and it boosts your visibility and credibility. I'll be talking more about the kind of content you can post a bit later. So this concept of being proactive and approaching people over solely expecting them to come to you is simply an added layer to creating high quality content. It sits on top of it. And it also relies on who you connect with. And this is where that different style of target audience exercise comes in. Typically, when we think of our target audience, we think about people who we want to work with. But you can do the same exercise with a different focus. Instead of thinking about who you want to work with, you can identify who you want to connect with on LinkedIn based on the kind of connections that could make LinkedIn a valuable tool in your business. So ask yourself questions like, what kind of values does a colleague need to be aligned with you? Because if you're going to work together or recommend each other, you need to be happy for your name to be attached to theirs. Ask yourself what kind of subjects they may teach or who they may work with. These kinds of questions will help you curate the kind of network you need to generate leads and to boost your visibility through LinkedIn. So when it comes to building relationships, there are many ways to do it. If you're in the Tutors Mastermind, head over to our full members Facebook group and have a look at the bonus monthly training that relates to sales and following up. You can also download my follow-up tracker so you can monitor everything. This will guide your personal outreach strategy where you're intentionally speaking to people to make valuable connections. Now, if you don't have personal outreach blended into your marketing strategy, you're potentially missing out on a fast way to attract more clients. Yesterday, I sat in a one-to-one -one with one of my clients who's been trying to attract international clients for years. She tried one of the follow-up methods I shared and she has three new international students starting with her next week. Another masterminder tried a different technique and she attracted two new inquiries within minutes and she shared that with us in one of our implementation sessions. So this style of leading your marketing with relationships really does work because we buy from people we know, like and trust. I know you've heard that before and it sounds like a cliche, but it really is true when it comes to relationship-led marketing. And the fastest way to achieve it is by going out there and speaking to people. I mentioned earlier that LinkedIn is a good platform for this because it has some inbuilt features that helps. Let me give you an example, because while there are lots of ways to do it, this is one of the most effective because it boosts your visibility too. There's huge value in commenting on other people's content on LinkedIn, and this is made even more powerful when you curate your connections based on that alternative target audience exercise I talked about. Let me explain why commenting is so powerful. On LinkedIn, when you comment on someone's content, their content gets shown to a lot of your network, even if they aren't connected to that person. So if I commented on your content, your content would get shown to my network, even if they weren't connected to you. 
This is beneficial for two reasons. Firstly, the fact that it gets highlighted to your network on their newsfeed not only boosts visibility for the other person, but also for you. So let's say they hadn't seen your latest post. Let's say it just hadn't shown up for them. They'd still be seeing something from you. So with that in mind, think of your comments as mini posts, a way to continue showcasing what you want people to know about you. The second reason why commenting is powerful is because people by nature are likely to reciprocate. So if I kept commenting on your content, you're more likely to engage with mine. I have to say though, when you're doing this, do it genuinely. Whatever you do, don't use someone else's content to just promote yourself. See it as a way of contributing to a discussion that you want to be a part of. Because when people aren't genuine, it's obvious and it ruins that relationship instead of nurturing it. Now, this leads me to my next big tip, and that is to think carefully about your headline. Your headline is the bit of writing that sits next to your name. When you boost your visibility through commenting, people see your name and the first part of your headline. So we need to make this strong. The best tip I can give you is instead of using it to tell people what you do, tell them what they need to know about you. So my headline currently starts with teacher dropout because I work exclusively with education business owners and the fact that I come from an education background matters to them. And the same applies to your entire profile. Your profile as a business owner is your landing page. You wouldn't write something that sounds like you're applying for a job on your website. So don't do it in your profile. And when focusing on optimizing your profile, think of every single part, including your cover picture. Again, be led by that question. What do your target audience need to know about you? And remember, when talking about LinkedIn, your target audience might be colleagues, not necessarily clients. Masterminders, if you want a step-by-step breakdown of how to optimize each part of your profile, including writing a strong headline, head over to our past LinkedIn training. I have a checklist for you to download as well. Now let's move on to your content. What should you actually be posting on there? Well, as with any platform, I'd advise you posting content based on your target audience and the results you want from the platform itself. If you want to connect with colleagues, you'd post very different content than if you wanted to connect with clients. But as I share in my 100 content prompts, there are two core types of posts you want to stick to, connection posts and sales posts. When it comes to connection posts, you're aiming to connect with your audience and how you do this will depend on who your target audience are. But the point of these are to really show your ethos, your values, your experiences, so that people can get to know you on that level. Sales posts are, you guessed it, designed to sell. That doesn't have to be in the form of an advert. Listen to episode 88 for some ideas. But it does need to ask for the sale. Essentially, clearly telling people the next steps if they want to work with you. The word sale here might mean something different depending on how you've chosen to use LinkedIn. If you know that your target audience who will hire you are on there, then yes, you may ask them to click a link to buy or to book a call with you. But if you've decided to network, you can still encourage people to take some form of action. It could be as simple as inviting them to message you, to book a casual chat with you, or even to register their interest if you have a collaboration idea. The point is, if you want tangible results from LinkedIn, you need to ask people to take some form of action to move that conversation forwards. On the subject of posting content, there are some questions people often ask, so I'll quickly touch on them. The questions are, how many times a week should I post? 
Are there optimal times for me to publish content? Should I be including pictures and do shorter or longer posts work best? My broad answer to all of those questions are, it depends on what's sustainable for you. I will answer each one individually as well. But what I mean by this is, if I said you should be posting long form content every single day, but this isn't something you can sustain, then you won't get benefit anyway. So the most important thing is to go with what you can manage, because it's better to do one thing really well than to attempt to do everything but do it badly. So how many times a week should you post? Well, having experimented with once a week and every day and others in between, I find that around two to three times a week works really well. I have heard some LinkedIn trainers advise daily posts, but I found that all my data and results declined when I did this. And here's why I think a balanced approach works better. On LinkedIn, your content does actually show to people for longer than most other social media platforms. Today, for instance, I got a couple of comments on some posts that I published a week ago. Whereas on a platform like Instagram, content really doesn't last for long. And when I started posting daily, all my results were better. So that's my opinion. But I will repeat, if you can sustain once a week, stick to that. Just do what you can manage, but do try and keep it consistent. Now for the next one. Are there optimal times to post? I took some LinkedIn training a while back and I thought their advice was sensible. They said that generally the morning is better because data points to most people opening LinkedIn in the mornings. Now, this might be tricky if you have a global audience base, but if you specifically want to connect with people in one country, you could consider that time difference. Now, I do generally post in the mornings, but I've also spontaneously posted at other times. And honestly, I didn't notice a huge difference, only a slight one. So I would say, instead of getting too hung up on this, focus on the quality of your content because that will outperform any time or frequency pattern that you follow. The last two questions were whether to include pictures and whether shorter or longer posts work best. Starting with the latter, in my experience, both perform fine. Unlike some other platforms, LinkedIn users seem to make more time to read longer posts, so don't be afraid of them. Just follow good copywriting practices to avoid assaulting people with loads of writing. When you read on a small screen like your phone, which so many people do, really long chunks of writing can be quite jarring. When it comes to pictures, the formal advice varies. I think go with your gut. Sometimes I do post pictures and sometimes I don't. I spent a solid month tracking the success of them and I found absolutely no pattern. Some of my image posts performed better than ones without and vice versa. So the thing I would say is don't post a picture just for the sake of it. I would always try and keep it relevant. Otherwise, it looks like an obvious attention-seeking ploy. Given that we're building relationships on this platform, we don't want people thinking we're being disingenuous. So I've talked about quite a few things in this episode, so I'll do a quick summary. To make LinkedIn and indeed any other social media platform a really valuable asset in your business toolkit, you need to start by deciding what result you want from it whether it's likely to happen, and what needs to change as a result of that consideration. So if you're a tutor and you decide you want sales from LinkedIn, you need to decide whether it's likely to happen right now. If not, you either need to refresh who you connect to and or change that desired outcome. Instead of direct sales from parents, you might decide to just use it to collaborate with other educators. The second way to leverage the power of LinkedIn is to use it to form relationships. 
it's really good practice to start private messages with people, not in a salesy way, but just in a networking way, in a friendly way. And whether you do that or not, I mean, I don't do that very much. I would highly recommend commenting on other people's content. Remember, since this boosts your visibility, you want to be mindful of what you say and how you say it. Now on to your headline. This is the first thing that people see when you comment and post, so we want to make it strong. One way to do it is by starting it with information that leans in to what your target audience want to know about you. And this principle extends to every aspect of your profile. You want to structure it like a landing page. A top tip here is to switch to creator mode if you haven't already, because its structure is really good for business owners. And lastly, I talked about what kind of content to publish. Although there's a lot of advice around frequency and timing and length and so on, I think the top priority should be quality and to choose a schedule that you can sustain. So masterminders, remember to look up the detailed LinkedIn training, which includes a checklist for optimizing your profile. Thank you as always for spending your time with me and you'll hear from me on Wednesday, which will be the last episode of this season. I'll take my one week break and then we'll be back with a bang for season 10. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.